It is good to look out there and see faces I have not seen in a period of time. It is great to see Joyce Harris with us, and grateful that she's able to be out to be with us this evening. Good to see each one of you. Glad that you're able to join us this evening as we come together and discuss some things in the pages of God's Word. want to modify just a bit of what Doug had to say when he encouraged you to be here next week and to find something that you feel comfortable in doing. Now, I want you to be uncomfortable. <laughs> we do not grow when we're comfortable. We grow when we're uncomfortable. We're forced to do some things. You're not forced to, but you're encouraged to make some changes. Part of that's what we're going to have in the lesson this evening. Part of that's in the song that the Lord leads me. He's with us in all that we do. Ours is to trust Him in what He's doing and to believe that He has a plan for us that we do not know at the present time, but one day that we will understand. We're looking in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. We're in chapter 18, and we want to look at the first 11 verses. Jeremiah 18, starting at verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something on the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Need to go back and spend some time there with verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord, look, at, look as the clay is in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand, O house of Israel? The instant that I speak concerning a nation... And concerning a kingdom, to pluck it up, to pull it down, and destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from this evil, I will relent of the disaster that I have thought to bring upon it. And the incident I speak concerning a nation, and concerning a kingdom, to build it, and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight, so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Now therefore, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now, everyone from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. God is in control. We are as potter or clay in the hands of a potter. And again, I referred you back to verse 4. 
But as the potter has the clay, that's you and I, in his hands, shaping it, the clay becomes marred, the vessel becomes marred. But it is not destroyed. He simply refashions it into another vessel of his choosing. And then we're reminded that he is the one who has plans with nations, good and bad. He brings them into existence for his particular purpose. Some for punishment, some for chastising, some for exhortation, some for praise, depending on his purpose that he has in mind. And if a nation that is evil decides to do what is good, God will relent of that evil. But if a nation that is good, or a people that is good, relents of the good that they're doing, he can bring evil upon them. There's a lot that is in our hands as we are in the hands of the potter. But we have hope as we're in his hands as to the things that he indeed can do for us along the way. God's people are clay in the hands in the master's hands. Self-determination is one of the things our society prides itself on. We're self-sufficient. And how self-sufficient have we proved ourselves to be? A lot of what took place a couple of weeks or about a month or so ago. How self-sufficient are we really? But we pride ourselves on being able to make our determinations. We do that as individuals. We make our own way. We choose the course we want to follow, and then we pursue it, and we exercise, exercise our energy, our intellect, our muscles to accomplish whatever it is that we have set out to accomplish. But oftentimes in doing that, we forget God. God's still in control. We still have a voice in what we do and what we say. There are not things we have to do because that's just the way it is. If it's not pleasing in the eyes of God. We can choose our own path and we can derive great satisfaction in what we're doing. But if we're honest in our evaluation as we look back, there are many factors within our life, many decisions that were made either by us or by someone else that led to a different course of action within our life. And we are as valuable to God as we allow ourselves to be. Are we going to be clay in his hands? I mean, absolutely. Are we willing to turn loose? That's why I mentioned, no. when you come next week, it's not just because this is what you want to do, but it is a belief this is what God wants us to do. And if God wants us to do it, guess what? It's going to cause us to make some changes. There are some things that we're going to have to adjust within our life. There are some things that we're going to have to give up in order to gain 
way life always is, is it not? If you want to grow, you have to give up some things in order to grow. I've always said, no, I was at Toys R Us Kids, and then Toys R Us went out of business. You know, so it has to change. You know, it's not, to, it's not going to remain that way all the time. Changes will take place. But that's true in the human life. We understand that. We grow from a baby up to an, to an adult and unto an older adult. Changes are always taking place. And we get to adjust to them. I hear a lot of us talk as we get the, what they call, get a little bit older. You know, you, I, I wake up every morning to the breakfast cereal, snap, crackle, and pop. You know, everything snap, crackles, and pops in your body. Uh, those changes take place. And guess what? We make those adjustments along the way. Those are God-given. Ours is, do we trust God along the way? The talents, the abilities that we possess, not our own. We're not successful because we determined it. We're just molded clay in the hands of God. And we take a shape on that he has. I've heard a number of us talk about this. It's really not what I intended to be when I started out as a young person. But this is where I am now. And God's involved. And ours is letting him. Some things that we've let go. You look back over your prayer life and consider some of the prayers that you've made years ago. What were you praying for? God, let me do well in, in life. So that I can be a good influence for good for you. But did we hear the first part of that? Let me do good. Where is the God use me in your service so that by my life you can be glorified and be praised by those around? You have a plan, God. I'm not fully aware of it. God, you mold and shape the, the, the vessel. And when it gets marred along the way, I love the thought that he can reshape it. He can break it down. We've been down that road? <laughs> Absolutely get broken. Because of something else that we need to be doing. God has a way of doing his will. He did it with Israel. I brought you up, Israel. I can bring you down, and I have, and I will. <laughs> when you go into a rebellion to me, there's a consequence to be paid. I will bring a foreign nation against you to destroy you because of your rebellion to me. But rest assured that that foreign nation will also be destroyed because of their wickedness. But anywhere along the line that we choose to change, indeed God is always there. The Master's hand, let him... Mold us and shape us. Isaiah reminds us in Isaiah 64 and verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our Father, and we are the clay, and you are 
our potter. And we all are the work of your hand. You're our father, but you are the potter. We are the work of your hand, God. And that's one of the beauties of living life. It's one of the beauties of trusting God that his will is and will be worked out as we strive to serve him. See, the end result may not be anywhere close to what we thought it would be. Because our mind is limited and God's is not. He had plans that I've always had plans from his promise to Abraham all the way on down through time. Doing things that Abraham never thought would have been would have taken place. Moses and any of the others, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, saw things but never fully understood all that God had in plan. Formed it from before the creation of the world, set his plan into motion, has a plan and how he chooses to unfold it. The length of time that he chooses to unfold it in is, we don't have that information. How he chooses to use all of this. And again, part of our lives, as we learn, as we live physically, as we experience things in the physical life, sometimes you've got to break down in order to rebuild as it needs to be. Sometimes we need to be broken down and to trust God and to, rec to recognize we are the work of his hand. That ought to change us. It really should. You are the work of his hand. Think about that when you rise in the morning. What you're doing is the work of God. How are you doing? Well, as we talked this morning in the Bible class, where none of us are where we would like to be. None of us are where we think we ought to be. So God has always got room for growth within us to become who he wants us to be. Ours is the willingness to let go. Talked with individuals down through time who've had a lot of troubles in their life and difficulties that they were facing and trying to figure out how to handle that and what to do. And had to use it with the individual at times and the old expression, when you reach the end of your rope, do what? Tired not and hang on. Well, the person made the comment, well, I'm tired of hanging on. Simply says then, let go. Let go. If you're tired of hanging on, just let go. You're probably no more than three feet off the ground anyway. You've got more strength than you realize. And the understanding is, I'm hanging on because I'm hanging on by my desire, my will, and I'm afraid to let go and let God work. Let go. And let God. Just let God work in the life. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly 
beyond all that we ask or think, according to his will within our life. Paul would write into the Philippians in the fourth chapter in verse 13. I can do most things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that what it says? I always see the smiles out there. So you know you misquoted that. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. Where's the limitation? They're not there. Because God's not limited in his power and in his capabilities. He's not asked us to do things that we are not able to do with the power that he supplies within our life. See, that's what makes the difference. I can do all things through Christ. It's Christ who does the strengthening. It's Christ who does the sustaining. It's Christ who gives the direction. It's Christ who gives the reward and the consequences. And again, we need to have that understanding that God does not work within our time frame. He planned our redemption, our redemption, before he found that the world created the world. He has a plan that extends until the end of this age or whatever that time may be. And all the way in between, he has a plan of how he's working his will out. Again, I've said it before and keep on saying it because maybe one of the days I can be convinced of that of myself as well. He brought us together for a reason. We're all here because of different reasons. We're all here this evening because of different things that have taken place within our life down through time. Decisions that we made. Decisions that we made not to do something or to do something. All of that involved to bring all of this about. I've mentioned before, I mean, this here again this evening. Do you know how many souls were involved in making this possible tonight? How many souls were involved in leading you to Jesus Christ? Converted as a result of a campaign. How many congregations were involved in that? How many souls involved in that? And on and on it goes down through time. How many souls involved just to make this possible? And who would have thought, whenever the first one here <laughs> became a Christian, that this would be where we would be today? That we would have fellowship. We'd have close ties. We'd have a tie that binds us together in Christian love. That we would desire to work together for the cause of Christ. Who could have thought that that would be the case? So ours is trusting God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Back to chapter 2 of Philippians and, and verse 13. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I like that one too. The book of Philippians is a tremendous little book to read through. If you want some encouragement, read it. 
God works in us to do His will and His pleasure. Again, spend some time with that. Spend some time in thinking about what you do and how you do it brings pleasure to God. Wow. And who are you? We don't like the, the term that's been used and that's been changed in one of our songs. Scripture talks about for such a worm as I. We don't like to be considered as worms. Well, think about how God is pleased for his good pleasure of what you do for him. Does that change how you view what you're doing? As we meet next week and begin this journey, we're doing it for that he can be pleased with it. That also means we get to make some sacrifices along the way. We did things to please our parents. Well, at least most of the time, or some of the time we did that. Uh, to please the parents. One is because sometimes we did not like the consequence of not pleasing the parents. But I'm saying in the physical realm, we did things that we may not have liked because of one reason or another. Spiritually, same thing. We do things because it's going to please God. And that changes how I look at it and changes why I want to do the things along the way. In 2 Corinthians 4 and verses 1 through 7, I'll look at verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Whatever we do, whatever we've been doing, what we're doing now and what we will start next week, whatever it is that we do, it's the power of God working in us. We sing the song. The songs are to teach and to admonish one another. The songs that we sing and teach are to come from our heart. We need to listen to some of those. We sang some of those this evening. They got some powerful words in there, good messages for us to listen to. But another one is all to Jesus. What? I surrender. I surrender all. That's a song we teach to admonish one another. All. That changes the life. Changes the direction. It changes how I view things. I've surrendered it all to God. It's not what I would like to do. It's not the choice I would want along the way. I'm praying and working towards that whatever choice I'm making, that that could be God's choice. That God would be pleased with it. But it's still his choice. He's still the potter. And I'm still the clay. He can mold and shape me. 
into his vessel. And if this vessel should become marred, I fail to do what God wants me to do. He can reshape that vessel. How many people have quit because things went wrong? How many have just walked away from God because something they did or something going on just soured them and they just walked away? Not trusting God to be able to reshape vessels. We all stumble and we fall. We all come up short. But God is still there. And we're in his hands. And again, just that concept. Watching a potter make the clay. Got a plaster of Paris set of praying hands in my my office. They're precious to me for several reasons. One, I like them. Two is, I know the potter. I know the man who made those hands. And I know why he made those hands. To give them to me. Those hands have made several journeys. From Cersei to Ann Arbor to Godfrey to Malden to Kosciuszko and to Cedar Hill. They were fun to pack before we could move them. They were precious because I know the potter. I know you, but I know your potter. Do you know him? Do you know who your potter is? You take pride, not an arrogant pride, but you take pride in knowing that you are his vessel and he is molding you into the vessel that he chooses for you to be in service to him. It makes a difference. All to Jesus I surrender. I surrender all. Need to keep my focus on him, put my trust in him, Indeed, be the clay, and let the potter have his way. The thought is up to us, or the decision is up to us, as to whether we will accept what God has done, what God is doing, and God, what God will do with us, individually and collectively, as we strive to be those that would bring honor and glory and praise to our God above. Sometimes we need to go back and reflect on our lives and make decisions to do His will. As we look at our lives this evening, where is it in the eyes of God? Not are you satisfied with where you are at, where you are at. Where are you in the eyes of Almighty God above? Can He? Could he, will he, is he able to say, this is my child and I am not ashamed to be called his God.
Are those words he would speak about you? Or do we need to change? God gives us time. Grateful for that. One of the greatest blessings we have is God gives us time, opportunity to change. Wherever it is, however it needs to be done, we can do it. And we can serve and glorify God. If we can help you in any way in making a life right with God, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.